الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم رب الشحري صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي سبحانك لعلمنا إلا ما علمتنا سبحانك لعلمنا إلا ما علمتنا سبحانك لعلمنا إلا ما علمتنا ما بعد respected elders and brothers mothers and sisters your students السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Alhamdulillah, it's nice to see all of you uh, here today. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he allows us to see these uh, beautiful faces again and again in this world and allow us to be gathered under his throne in the company of the prophets, the Siddiqeen, Shuhada, and Salihin. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen. We've completed so far, alhamdulillah, two sessions on the tafsir of Surah Al-Naml. And the first uh, session was on the introductory seven ayats, approximately six ayats of, the, of Surah Naml um, <clears throat> regarding the Quran and regarding uh, the attributes of the believers and the hypocrites, briefly. Then last week, we began the tafsir of uh, Musa alayhi salam's story and, uh, and, and how his journey was through the, uh, the, uh, the desert until he went to uh, Mount and he spoke to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, and uh, received his prophethood and, 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 and then the miracles, etc. Now, inshallah, we'll start on the third session here, which is the session regarding uh, Suleiman alayhi salatu wasalam and his story. And so, this is the bulk of the surah. Um, So today we will cover inshallah the part the beginning verses until the story of Hudhud comes in and hopefully we'll reach there with Allah's will inshallah. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Wa laqad atayna Dawuda wa Sulaiman ilma wa qala alhamdulillahi alladhi faddalana ala kathirin min ibadihi almu'minin. وَوَرِثَ سُلَيْمَانُ دَاوُدَ وَقَالَ يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ عُلِّمْنَا مَنْطِقَ الطَّيْرِ وَأُوتِيْنَا مِنْ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ إِنَّ هَذَا لَهُوَ الْفَضْلُ الْمُبِينُ وَحُشِرَ لِسُلَيْمَانَ جُنُودُهُ مِنَ الْجِنِّ وَالْإِنْسِ وَالطَّيْرِ فَهُمْ يُوزَعُونَ حتى إذا أتوا على واد النمل قالت نملة يا أيها النمل ادخلوا مساكنكم لا يحطمنكم سليمان وجنوده وهم لا يشعرون فتبسم ضاحكا من قولها وقال رب أوزعني أن أشكر نعمتك التي أنعمت علي وعلى والدي وعلى والدي وأن أعمل صالحا ترضاه وأدخلني برحمتك في عبادك الصالحين وتفقد الطير فقال ما لي لا أرى الهدهد أم كان من الغائبين لأعذبنه عذابا شديدا أو لأذبحنه أو ليأتيني بسلطان مبين So these were uh, verses starting from the verses ayat number 51 and uh, 15 sorry until uh, 20 end of 20 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَلَقَدْ أَتِينَا دَاوُودِ indeed we gave Dawood and, and Sulaiman ilma revealed knowledge and they said قَالَ they both said Alhamdulillah all praises for Allah alone who has favored us above many of his believing servants. And then Suleiman inherited knowledge and pro- from, from his father, Dawood. Thereafter he said, O people, we have been taught to comprehend the speech and the utterance of birds. Moreover, we have been given something of nearly every good in this world. We have been given something nearly of every good in this world. Indeed, this is most surely 
evidence of manifest favor from Allah. So Allah Azza wa Jal here in this very first ayah says, وَلَقَدْ آتِينَا دَاوُدُ Indeed, we gave father and son knowledge. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave father and son both knowledge and they both praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So my br- brothers, what is the reason we are, why Sulaiman story is here in the first place? <clears throat> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Inna hadha al-Qur'ana yaqussu ala bani Israel akthara alladhihum fihi akhtalifun. Indeed this Quran reveals upon Bani Israel the stories of many of those things that they have differences about. So the, 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 the Yahud and Nasara, they have so many differences regarding the Prophets and regarding the stories of the Prophets. And as, you've, as you have heard and read, I'm sure, uh, that many of the narrations regarding the Prophets are so blasphemous. Uh, they involve drinking, they involve zina, they involve incest, they involve all sorts of unbelievable type of sins that you wouldn't uh, accept for a, a fasiq, fajr, disbel- you know, sinful Muslim to do. And they attribute that to the Prophets. So this, the Qur'an came to set the record straight That the prophets were not individuals like that Additionally, these stories are mentioned As a sign of Rasulullah's prophethood That he was not with them He was not aware of these stories Yet with such detail How does he share all of this? If it wasn't through the knowledge of Allah giving, Knowledge that Allah is sharing with him How else would he know that? So another reason is to prove Rasulullah's prophet. Allah says in the Quran, that is the, Those are the stories of the unseen that we, we share with you. And you were not with them. And when this was taking place, you were not with them. Yet, all of this is in your knowledge. How is that? Because Allah gave it to you. So Sulaiman story similarly has been shared with us for that reason. Now, we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Sulaiman and Dawood many blessings. And especially all of us know that he had an amazing kingdom, which we're going to study in the next few weeks. Right? An amazing kingdom, the like of which no one will ever have. He asked for that and that dua got accepted. So no one, even the greatest, most powerful kings of today, will never be able to have a kingdom similar to the kingdom of Sulaiman alayhi Habli Oh Allah, grant me such a kingdom that is not going to be given to anyone else after me. That is not even befitting for anyone after me. Indeed, you are the best of those who give gifts. So he asked that. Allah accepted that dua. And then besides the kingdom, he has the ability to communicate with jinn. Power, right? Some people say, I saw a jinn. They make things, mashallah. I saw one jinn, right? Maybe it was actually just a shadow or whatnot. But we get to say, ah, he saw that. He didn't just see, he, com- he ordered them, hey, do this, do that, do this, do that. And not one or two. Some of the, some of the amils, they have one jinn working for them, this, that, all the stories, you know, which is not legit. You're not supposed to imprison any jinn, by the way. You're not supposed to have a slave jinn working for you. That's not how it's supposed to be. But people do all sorts of things. That is incorrect. Yet, Sulaiman had an army of jinns. So imagine all of those things Allah could talk to, to, could have spoken about it here. Instead, He doesn't mention any of that. He says, وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا دَاوُدَ وَسُلَيْمَانَ عِلْمًا We gave Dawood and Sulaiman knowledge. That's the number one thing. Because knowledge, in front of knowledge, everything else is zero. Everything else, all other gifts that you can have is zero. In front of knowledge, knowledge of the deen, the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's something I want to spend a few minutes speaking about. That what is the use of a kingdom that will end as soon as we leave this world? No one has taken their, their expensive car with them into the grave. No one has taken their huge mansion into the grave. No one has taken anything that they own of this dunya, my brothers, in, with them into the grave. However, knowledge is with one, what, such a thing that not only do you take it with you in the grave, it actually continues to provide for you dividends long after you're gone. Thousands of people, millions of people benefit from the books you write, the speeches you give, the talks you've given, the inspirational things you have shared with people. SubhanAllah, people are benefiting continuously. I know we were uh, 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 thinking about just last night, again, we, so many weeks we've been talking about Hafiz Abdul Hadi. We said, mashallah, every madrasa graduates 50 Hafiz, 60 Hafiz. Some of the madrasas in Chicago have graduated 250, 300 of us from one madrasa. 
within the past 20 years. 300 hafaz. So in total, how many hafizes we have in Chicago? Thousands. How many of them came from overseas? How many of them were born and raised in Dithivs here? We, get, we have no count. From all of them, subhanAllah, you see this person who is not, he was not a Hivs teacher. You understand Hafiz Sahib was teaching Hivs in the madrasa. He's not Hafiz Sahib. He is, you know, he has a professional, he had a professional job. But why did that laqab, that thing just stuck with him? Not being a scholar, not being a mufti, not being an official paid imam of a masjid. But he did something which was inspire people. And inspired so many people while he was alive that his death also lived. I don't think recently we have seen anything of this sort. How many people, mashallah, attended his janazah? More than any of the janazahs in COVID era in Chicago to my knowledge. You know, some said it ranges between 500 to 1,000 people attended the janazah. And then, mashallah, there was a fundraising appeal that was done to, for his son and his wife. And I have never seen something like that. O over, to, I think, what was it? Two and a half thousand people? Three thousand maybe people donating. All over. How does that happen? Four or five hundred thousand dollars. What does that tell us? That certain people within a small, small portion of their life, they leave an impact. And that sadaqah jariya, every person who donated $10 to him, to his family, you don't think made dua for him? You don't think, why are they giving? Why? Because they feel that he's done something for the world. And obviously they're making dua for him. Imagine all of the hasanat. One of the students who graduated from the, our madrasa here, from the alim course, seven year alim course. And now he's an imam at a masjid. He messaged me and he shared with me a picture of ICC masjid or Hafiz Abdul Hadi was giving a bayan. You know, brought back a lot of memories eight years ago. And he said, Mufti Sahib, I met you in that majlis. And Hafiz Abdul Hadi, rahimahullah, encouraged me to go join and study the one-year program. This is eight years ago. And through his invitation and through his targheeb, I did the one year and then my second year, third year, fourth year, sixth year, even all the way to the seventh year. Now he's an imam of the masjid. Subhanallah. That is how things work. Ilm is something. You share it, you're going to continuously reap the rewards of it while you're gone. And dunya investments are not like that. Nothing of this dunya. We heard of this very sad, I was reading again yesterday, of, of a Muslim entrepreneur, right? Multi-millionaire, who was, who was slaughtered, killed, horribly, miserably in, in New York, right? Last month. Bangladeshi Muslim brother, all right? So, uh, what was his name? Saleh? I think so. Huh? And, and, I, and I read a, 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 a poem or a, a whole story that his sister shared of the pain that the family is going through. Very painful, you know, how they decapitated his head and cut his hands and his feet, all sorts of stuff. And the murderer was going to just, the next day after enjoying a meal, he was going to just go bury the body parts. And that's when he ended up meeting the sister and he ran. Alhamdulillah, he got caught. But a 22-year-old guy did this. And he was assistant, he was, he was the right-hand man of this young businessman, 30-year-old young businessman, multimillionaire. But over a few thousand dollars, he got mad and he wanted to he did this horrible thing Allahu Akbar may Allah Azza wa Jal you know forgive him uh, this, uh, and accept his shahada how he was brutally murdered but the wealth if you look at they keep on saying such expensive home such expensive home he was living in my dear friends that doesn't go with us in, in, the, in the qabr what is this reminding of all of us that the biggest gift you can gain yourself and the greatest gift you can give to your children is knowledge what knowledge? knowledge of who Allah is Knowledge of who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. Example, if you tell someone, I gave him, a, 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 you don't tell someone, I gave him, a father telling his son, mashallah, I gave him $100,000 as a gift and a burger from a restaurant. Can you, does that make sense? There's no connection. 100000 kidar, a burger from your favorite place, how does that match? You say that separately. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is why speaking about ilm separately. He's gonna talk about all the other things afterwards. But in this verse, he says, nothing I can join with knowledge. Because knowledge is the, definitely the greatest gift Allah Jalla Jalalu can give. Nabi Alaihi that is why he said, Khayrukum an al-Qur'an wa The best from amongst you is the one who learns the Qur'an and teaches it. Knowledge of the Qur'an. That is why the jazbah, the desire needs to come into my heart, into all of our hearts. That we need to have Qur'an in our generations. That we all become, not only as much as possible, memorize Qur'an, but become teachers of the Qur'an. In order to become teacher of the Qur'an, you do not have to be some hi-fi person. Even 10 surahs, 5 surahs you know, teach it to your kids, teach it to your grand, teach it to your nephews, teach it to someone. There's such a huge need of teaching. And inshallah, you teach Nazara or Qaida to someone, of course on the condition that we know our Tajweed, alright? <laughs> a basic level. And then you say, no, I don't know. Then learn it. Huh? Then learn it. There's, well, Alhamdulillah, we have the opportunity. We can learn it. It's never too late. Learn it, and then you go ahead and teach. 
and you'll see how much how much reward Allah Azza wa Jal will, will grant us. Um, Allah Jalla Jalalhu He says in the Quran. Let's talk a few ayats of the Quran regarding ilm. Allah says, "Wama qalila." You have not been given from knowledge anything but a small amount. What does utitum mean? Utitum means been given. Meaning whatever knowledge I have or you have, it's not our own kasabi. Hamari koi isme, yani kaban There's nothing about our greatness. All the knowledge we have, my dear brothers, is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah khud kya Wama utitum. You have not been given. You didn't, he didn't say you didn't receive or you didn't take or you didn't earn. He said you haven't been given. Everything you have is given to you. Number two, min al-ilmi, from the entire amount of knowledge you have not been given illa qalila until a small amount. What does this mean? Uti tum. It means all the university libraries, the 12-story libraries in Harvard, in Oxford, the, the multiple libraries at University of Chicago and Princeton. We're talking about the Library of Congress. We're talking about the multi-billion dollar research centers throughout the world. All the scientists, their knowledge put together. All of that is utitum. Allah says, everything has been given to you, qalila. It's still in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge. It is extremely insignificant. Allah jalla jalalu says another place in the Quran, uh, You can never encompass the knowledge that Allah has. Never. You cannot get the knowledge of illa A little bit of Allah wishes to give you, He, give, he gives that to you. Allah says, تَعْلَمْ Oh Muhammad Sallallahu Allah taught you that which you did not know. Allah taught you that which you didn't know. And Allah's grace and gift upon you, O Muhammad Sallallahu is great. Meaning, my brothers and sisters, being able to uh, know the Quran, know the, know the hadith, know something, this is, is something that we should, if we know even five surahs, like I've talked about this recently as well. Knowing a few surahs of the Quran, I think I mentioned this in Juma. One of my teachers was telling me, he said, how grateful you ought to be for whatever you have. And he reminded me, he said, you know Surah Al-Ikhlas? Of course, Alhamdulillah. Who here does not know Surah Al-Ikhlas? Right? All of us know Surah Al-Ikhlas. He said, a person came to Rasulullah, he said, Ya Rasulullah, I want to get married. And he said, you have anything? He said, no, I'm broke, I got nothing, I have nothing. He said, do you have anything with Quran? He said, yeah, I have Surah Al-Ikhlas. He said, khalas. Okay, fine. Surah Al-Ikhlas. And then afterwards the ulama say that later on he had to probably pay her in the mahar. But the, the, the reason he's pointing out that the fact that you got Surah Ikhlas in your heart is so valuable that this is something that you know, you can, you can, your wife could yani, appreciate. So the thing is we have to value the gift of Quran that we have. If our child knows a few surahs, for example, and it's again a reminder for all of us who are in the same field, this group of brothers and sisters who are listening, we're all trying to teach our children. But do we appreciate this gift? If your son knows 10 surahs, if your daughter knows 20 surahs, how proud should we feel? Right? This should be the greatest accomplishment. And I have, mashallah, had the opportunity of meeting people whose sons um, are hafid, but their dads are, you know, professionally extremely up there. And wealth-wise, and degree-wise, really, really in the top 2%, you know? And I have met such individuals who tell me, by Allah, by Allah, I regard myself as zero in front of my son. He says, all the wealth I have, I would replace it any second for what my son has. All the degrees I have, I'd replace it any second what my son has. My son's got the Qur'an. I am just the father of a hafiz, but I'm not a hafiz myself. But I genuinely love this. I said, subhanAllah, this humility, humbleness, and love of the Qur'an may actually make you better than the hafiz in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the gift of knowledge. But knowledge is not just in Qur'an, limited to memorizing the Qur'an, obviously. It's so much greater than that. Studying the language of the Qur'an, studying hadith, studying Rasulullah sirah, all of those things is part of that. My brothers, let's make this intention right now, that we have to all become students of knowledge. You coming here by Allah has made you a student of knowledge. May Allah be pleased with you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raise you amongst the ulama on the Day of Judgment. The fact that you took time out on this Tuesday evening to come and sit here, and those of you who are far away are listening online, but you're sitting with your notebook, you're sitting with you know, proper adab and etiquette, with the intention of learning. You are a student of knowledge. Just make this part of our schedule. Our life should rotate around these things. People don't give up their Sunday morning golf, no matter what happens. People don't give up their badminton, their tennis. That's great, exercise. Their, their life revolves. Some people have other bad habits too. Their life revolves around that. They say, Tuesday night, night with my friends. Saturday night, the night with my you know, guys, night out. Huh? These are the type of things people have. But for us, let's make Tuesday night the night of ilm. Put it in our schedule. The Tuesday evening, 45 minutes, half an hour, one hour. Whenever you have to go, you go. But you say, inshallah, this is the night that I'm going to be spending seeking ilm. Can we do that, inshallah? And by doing this, our intention should be, Ya Allah, I want to know what you are saying in the Qur'an. 
what you are saying. I don't know if you heard last week's stuff here. If you did listen to it, I benefited, I enjoyed it a lot myself. And a lot about marriage came in there as well. Nice, beautiful points Allah SWT opened up as I was preparing for that. But it's something that I myself never thought of, even though I have studied this and I have taught this multiple years, this surah, in class. But I yet, when we prepare every single time, we come across amazing things that just, it just makes you appreciate further the Qur'an. You realize how you know nothing. The more you study, you realize you know nothing. And the Qur'an is a bahrun la sahila lahu, an ocean that has absolutely has no banks, has no, you know, it, it has no sahil to it, nothing. It's an endless, you cannot see the end of this ocean, mashallah. And it's so deep, you will never get to the bottom of it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He speaks about ilm over here. And uh, next, Allah says, He brought the word, um, uh, what you call ilman without an alif lam. When you add an alif lam, it gives you the meaning of the. Okay? Ilman means general knowledge. Al ilm means the knowledge. Allah kept it, um, you know, nakira. And why is that? Because you feed ta'zima wa ta'mima. When you have a word that without alif lam, it gives you the meaning of something great and something very comprehensive. Very general. It's just super inclusive. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning to us that the knowledge that he gave to Sulaiman was something really lofty, great. Imam Shafi'i rahmatullahi mentioned, he said, if you want dunya, you need knowledge. Dunya, you have to go learn something. You have to learn how to have at least have learn how to have a sweet tongue. Even begging is an art, isn't it? Yes or no? To beg. You have to know how to make your face. You have to know how, what to say to the cars. You have to know how to do that. Begging is an art. Without that, it doesn't work. So he says, if you want dunya, alayka bil ilm. akhirah. And if you want akhirah, fa'alayka bil ilm. You need to have ilm. And if you want them both, fa'alayka bil ilm, you need ilm. Sirf akhirat, sirf dunya, ya dono. Jo bhi chahiye, aapko iske saath ilm chahiye. I want to share with you Imam Shafi'i. Since we're talking about Imam Shafi'i, I want to share two quick poems of Imam Shafi'i. And one of them he says, "Isbir ala mar al jafam in muallimi, fa inna rasub al ilmi fi nafaratihi. Wman lam yadhuk mar al taalumi saatan, tajra al dhul al jahli tula hayatihi. Wman fatahu al taalimu waqt al shababihi, fa kabir alehi arba'an li wafatihi. Wadat al fata, wallahu wallahi bil ilmi wa tuqa." Imam Shafi'i says, you go learn Tajweed with an Ustad. Ustad says, we say, He's what are you saying, Now we say, I don't like this man, come on. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I earn six figures, please speak to me with respect. He's gonna say, Why are you late? Why didn't you do your Arabic homework? I told you to memorize your gardan. Why didn't you memorize? You're enrolled in the Arabic class. You gotta know it. No, man, I'm senior management. You know? <laughs> Why are you speaking? When, when you go to a class and, and, and you're being expected to answer questions and you gotta do your homework and, th- and you say, Oh, man, this is not for me, bro. I, I went through already. This. I'm not in primary school. I'm 50 years old. I'm not in primary. Imam Shafi Imam Shafi, listen to him what he says. He says, Isper. He said, I'm going to read the word in Urdu. He said, Ustad ki jafa or sakhti par sabar karlo. Ustad ki sakhti par sabar karlo. Warna puri zindagi, puri zindagi, aap johe, jahalat ki karwahat pite rauge. Right? He says, Be patient with the harshness of your teacher. Okay? Otherwise, and if you do not taste if you do not taste the bitterness of seeking knowledge the humility and humbleness that comes with seeking knowledge if you don't go through that for a little bit you will spend the rest of your life drinking jugs and jugs of what? ignorance would you rather be ignorant not knowing what is the masail of janazah what is the masail of tayammum what is the masail of this our wife, our kids our grandkids are asking us we say I don't know how sad that is Baba do you know the dua for this? The dua for entering the masjid. Baba, do you know the dua for eating? Do you know? I don't know. To usse better ye ke ham jo hai. We learn it so that when we're asked about it by our own kids, by our own grandkids, by our own spouse, and in the day in the qabr and on the day of judgment, then we're not suffering, right? So this is one beautiful point he says. And then he says, someone who does not seek knowledge earlier on, then 
alphabet if you want to learn German you think this is the time to learn German for us in our 50s and 60s it's not, it's not I mean you can but it's not very easy similarly Arabic is one of the most difficult subjects to learn most difficult languages to learn actually believe it or not that's what the linguists say that the amount of hours required to learn Arabic is more than you would think for any other language it is right so in, this is the time when our high school college students are thinking like no beta you can study the deen after you get married no this, that's, that's wrong you need to study the deen now Before you get into college Before you get into all the other things You study the deen now But for the rest of us Who may have missed that opportunity What is that? Please From the cradle to the grave I have shared with you many stories Of amazing inspirational stories Of people Who have at the age of 50, 60 Started doing their hivs Started doing their alim course Last year, remember in, uh, uh, Just here in Shalimar In the fundraiser Of the Sharia board fundraiser We got a chance to see one individual Oh, 70 years old, 72 years old, mashallah. He graduated from Dora Hadith this year, from the final year. Multiple people like this. Right? At the age of 70, graduating from the seven year, six year alim program. So, himmat ki baat hai. If you have himma, then you can even do it at, at a, at a later, later age. Now, what are, what are the uh, six qualities Imam Shafi'i says we need to acquire knowledge? He says, Akhi lan tanar al ilma illa bisittati. Oh my dear brother, you're not going to be able to gain knowledge except if you got six things in mind. I'm going to explain to you nicely now. What is that? Number one. Ideally, my brothers, these six things is not necessary for our tafsir class. Don't say, tick X mark, X mark, X mark. I'm not going to come from next week. We're talking about deep knowledge to become an alama, to become a great scholar. What are the six things that a person requires? We are not talking about this basic level of attendance, of, of gaining knowledge. He says, number one, Dhaka'un, intelligence. You do need intelligence. So the ulama, the real ulama that you hear about and you've sat in their discourses, you know very quickly that these are some of the most intelligent people you've ever met in your life. For sure. Number two, hirsun, uh, greed. You have to have greed for ilm. The one who's greedy over dunya, every opportunity he sees, he can make an extra buck. He doesn't say, I earned enough today. On the way home also, he can make an extra couple dollars, he'll do it. Hey, yani. He'll do it wherever he can. Right? Any opportunity, he'll do it through, through these apps, what not, to make some money. So you have to have hirs of ilm. You don't say that, uh, I already studied enough. No, anyone is sharing anything beneficial, you take out your notebook and you start writing. You have a voice recorder, you record it. You want to grab, grab, hirs. Number three, watch the hadi. You work hard. Work hard for to gain ilm. Number four, bulgha. You need to have some means. You need to have some money to purchase your notebook and books, etc. Bulga. Suhbatu ustadi. You know, not suhbatu al-computer, al-hasub. You need to have the companionship of a teacher. Most important, need a companionship of a good teacher. And lastly, watulu zamani and a long period of time. Long period of time. 15, 20, 25 years. Forever, basically. Always continue learning from uh, the, the teachers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yani Much, much, much can be said about ilm I've said uh, basic things here What is the take-home take point? Attend our Attend daily, yani our weekly tafsir class And if you're coming from a local masjid That has a dars tafsir, I go there But we know the situation right now Pretty much nothing's happening anywhere So at least come here Till your own local masjid opens up Second thing We have the tafim program The weekend program starts I think, what is it? This weekend Saturday class and Sunday class Many of you have taken those classes but now it's offered online. You're, get your spouses to join. Get your sons and daughters to join. Get your relatives from India, Dubai, Pakistan, Saudi, wherever they are to join. It's 10 a.m. to 1, and it's recorded. Any other time of the day they want to listen, they can benefit and they can listen to it. There's no homework. They just simply listen to class attentively. Prepare 5, 10 minutes, 20 minutes beforehand. That would be great. 
Right? No, nothing worry about quizzes and this and that. The purpose of you is to, of course, if you want to do more, the teacher will give you stuff. But you don't have to be worried about, oh, how am I going to handle this and handle that? Alhamdulillah, it's simple. From the comfort of your home, you have an opportunity to study. So I want all of us, inshallah, to please take one course. At least fiqh of finance is being taught. We're always buying and selling, you know, Investments. People are always asking me about is is is, is delivery service halal? Is what's this uh, um, Robinhood app halal? This thing, that thing, all sorts of questions. Continuously, people are asking questions about finance. Your kids, yourselves, right? Buying and selling, renting, etc. So that's a course on that. Then there's a course on the family of the Prophet about his wives, about his kids. We don't speak about that as much. Know about them. Then we have a course on uh, the ulub al-Qur'an, sciences of the Qur'an. How, is, what is, how the different modes of Qur'anic recitation, how, where did this come from? Seven recitations, ten recitations, what's the whole background about that? What is it being something's abrogated, something's not abrogated, how does that? How do you make tafsir? Where does that come from? All of these beautiful subjects, inshallah, will be taught. Take one course, three course, as many as you can. Take it, inshallah. And number two, share it. With, I just heard the message, someone from Pakistan reached out. They said that, it was funny, they said the WhatsApp message said, classes... Are, if whether you're in Dubai or in India or Saudi, you can take it. They said, Oh, from Pakistan, can I take it? Or is it only for Indians? Like, legitimate. So <laughs> I said, No, guys, whoever wrote that message, just put one country, same thing, fine, you know, subhanAllah. Uh, maybe they wrote an Indian Independence Day or something, so they put India there. So wherever you are from, genuinely you can participate in that. So that's a take home message because the maqsad of the tafsir is for us to take messages back for practice. I'm sharing that with you, inshaAllah. Waqar alhamdulillah. And then they said, all praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who's given us preference over many of his righteous servants. Okay. Now, this is a, comes to a very another important point of Sulaiman salam's life, and that is of shukr. What is that? Of shukr. Continuously, Sulaiman salam is asking Allah, thanking Allah. Let me he says, today I just recited in front of you, he said, Inna fadlul mubeen. Indeed, this is the great honor Allah has given us. And then Uh, when the whole amazing incident happens, when the throne of Bilqis gets moved, and you know that we're going to come to that, inshallah, in the next couple of weeks. What does he say over there? He says, "Oh, min Rabbi. This is the grace of my Lord. Liabluani. He's testing me. I'll talk about this when we get to that, inshallah. But immediately, such a great achievement. He doesn't say, "Yeh kuchis ma." See that? Fadli Rabbi. This is the this is the grace of my Lord. So this is part of true ilm that we never attribute it to ourselves my dear friends I heard from my teachers right? that, that tree that has got heavy fruits on it it humbles itself look at the branches of a branch that has mangoes it'll be down a branch a fruitless fruitless tree will have its branches up high what does that mean? That if, you, if we have knowledge, we will be humble. So anyone who is haughty over his or her knowledge and boasts about his or her knowledge, stay away from them. No benefit for you and no benefit for me. And may Allah save you and I from becoming like that. True ilm will require tawadu. And I've shared this with you, our beloved Ustad, Hazrat Mufti Radha'ul Haqq, Adamallahu Fiyudhu Alayna, Barakallahu Fiyudhu May Allah give him long life and health. One thing, anyone who comes to see him, the thing that they're impressed the most of this Grand Mufti of South Africa and one of the leading ulama right now of the world. Allah is using him for such immense work. His fatawa I've shared with you probably before. Fatawa Darul Ulum Zakaria. It's now so far eight volumes are done. I think ninth one is coming out or ninth one maybe also out. Is one of the most because I am on many many ulama WhatsApp groups. Anytime a question is asked, usually the first place the reference is given from is his fatwa book. All the time. No matter who, if they never met him, they never heard him. But they will definitely reference his fatwa book. This is the Qubulian acceptance. So Hazrat Haji Farooq from Sakkar in Pakistan, very great scholar and a, uh, and a sheikh of Tazkiyah, he sent his son Morana Abdul Bari to South Africa to do ifta, to, study, to do ifta mufti course by Mustira al Haq. This was my first year, 1998, in South Africa. And I know his father and I heard about his father. Alhamdulillah, I had a chance of meeting him once too. And I said, by Pakistan, Chorkar up South Africa. Eh? Like seriously, like you know, you've left South Africa. Your father himself is the greatest sheikh. You could get into any madrasa in, with a phone call anywhere, with a letter of your dad. Why did you come to South Africa? Now I'm a first year student. I don't know anything. Right? I'm just move part young little thirteen year old kid from America. I'm just asking. Hey, what are you doing over here? So 
he told me something amazing. He said, Mere Walid Saab ne mujhe Hazrat Mufti Saab ke haan bheja hai tawazu seekhne. Subhanallah. He said, my father sent me to South Africa by under, to study under Mufti Allah al-Haq, not some high level ifta, but to study humility and humbleness. To study what? Humility and humbleness. Because this man is an embodiment of humility and humbleness. Because his knowledge is out of the, is out of the roof. And you'd expect, we expect like this, oh, you have knowledge, you're going to have this, you know, the way of talking and the way of sitting. But the way he humbles himself, you can't tell the difference. You will never ever sit him sitting in front. You'll be in the back, like Mansur is sitting like that. Oh, they're in the back there. Right? He will hide himself. And even if you tell him, bhai, ajayi, nee, nee, this is fine. Always, you know, ghul jate. Just mixes himself in the crowd. So tawadu is something that comes with ilm. And it is something that, subhanAllah, you'll see in Sulaiman Salaam's story here is it comes through continuously negating ourselves making nisbah towards Allah whatever alhamdulillah 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 never saying me myself and I okay me myself and I I want to share with you something that me myself and I this is no good let's see uh, shaitan what did he say ana khayrun minhu behtaru I am better than him Allah destroyed him what did Fir'aun say? Alaysa li mulku misr. Doesn't the kingdom of Egypt belong to me? These rivers are flowing below me. Everything, I am the king. Allah destroyed him. And Qarun said, Indeed, I have all this money because of the knowledge that I have. I'm rich because I'm educated. I earned it. Three things. Ana and Indi and Li, which means my I, this belongs to me, and this is mine. You know, so Firaun got destroyed, Qarun got destroyed, and Iblis, uh, Shaitan got destroyed. So this is what kills us. May Allah protect us from ever saying these type of words. Even when speaking to our children, let's train ourselves. Don't say, "Hey, this is the who's paying for the bills." This is not the appropriate word. Appropriate word. We can explain that topic in a different way. But when we are speaking to our children also, this ana should never come there. The ego should never come there. Because my friends, Allah can make us. I heard yesterday one student was telling me that this 13-year-old girl, she had this some ajib gift of Allah. All of a sudden she started playing, uh, you know, uh, music. And became uh, the violin. And became the instantaneously just happened overnight became uh, within uh, within a few months the most one of the most famous violinists at the age of 13 then the the uh, Yitzhak or something the Jewish most worldwide famous violinist began he heard about her one on one he started teaching her classes and she's only 15 years old she got accepted without even finishing high school into the most elite music school of the country then what happened one day she hurt her finger. Khalas. Finish. After that she could never play the violin again. Okay, so it was, it was, it was, it was I think an NPR someone was telling me on how to cope up with different things. Yeah, we leave all that. Well, I was thinking how the qudra of Allah here. Look at this. You give and you take. Instantaneously took her to the top of the world in this field. They were shocked. And just by injuring this little finger, took it away in a second. So the fact that I and you earn and bring the money home, in reality, this is Allah who is even enabling us to do that. If one second, if Allah makes us suffer, a physical or emotional or, or some other disability, we're done. We will never be able to earn a cent anymore. Is that right? So we cannot make fakhar on this. We cannot say, I, I, I. This is going to destroy us. Humility and humbleness is where uh, a person needs to go. So Sulaiman salam. If anyone had a right to be haughty and arrogant over wealth, it was Sulaiman salam because he had something amazing. But look at the humility he has. He says, "Allah, I thank Allah Subhanahu wa Taala who's given us preference. ala He's given preference over many of his servants. Now, when we one of the duas to memorize is when we're passing someone who's going through some difficulty, right? You see a car accident, you see something happening. One of the uh, duas we should read over there is what. Alhamdulillah, 
عافاني مما ابتلاك الله به وفضلني على كثير ممن خلق تفضيلا All praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala عافاني who has saved me from that which he has put you through Abhi Zahribat you don't say this out loud obviously you say it to yourself okay All praise belongs to Allah who saved me from what he is putting you through وفضلني and he's given me preference over many of his creations what does that tell us? Kisi insan ko ab guna karte hoye bhi dekho na you see someone who is sinning Who got caught up in some scandal Who messed up Say this dua Because the one who allowed him to sin Can easily put you and I in that same position The one who allowed you to wake up and do dhikr today And to do tahajjud and sit here today Instantaneously can put us in a worse situation than that And unfortunately we have seen this Time and again Up and down And we should all be scared for our own selves okay, Where are we going to be tomorrow? Okay Right, so this is the dua. If we don't know the Arabic, at least say in Urdu, in English, or whatnot. I've shared it with you. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, All praise belongs to Allah. Afani, who has saved me, protected me. from that which He has put you to through a test, from that which He is testing you with, from that which He's testing you with. and He's given me preference. over many of the creations of His that He has created. Immensely. He has given me immense preference over many of his creations. So this is the dua we should keep in mind when we see someone going through difficulty. Sulaiman <laughs> inherited the prophethood or inherited uh, the knowledge from Dawood and then he started telling the people. He said, Oh people, we have been taught the utterance of wor- of, and the talking of birds. The, the bird speaking, now today scientists have done recordings of birds, right? There are people who focus on birds and many other things. And they have come up with ideas of how, what the birds are saying. They're, ca- ma- what they're, ca- they're calling to their, for mating purposes. They're giving warning signals, etc. Hundreds and thousands of hours of study of birds have resulted in some knowledge. That's called ilm tajrabi. Tajraba wala ilm. Ilm you get through experience. This is not the ilm that we're speaking about here. This is called ilm ilhami, ilm ladunni. This is ilm that's been coming directly from Allah without any means. And bahut bara farq in dono Huge difference. One is you go through the effort and you spend 50, 50 years learning something. And one is instantaneously, naturally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives it to you. So Sulaiman salam, he knew that through mu'ajizah, through a miracle. Okay. And then he said, وَأُوتِينَا مِنْ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ We've been given, mashallah, blessings of everything. إِنَّا ذَلُوا فَضْلُ الْمُبِينَ This is ultimate grace. Now, Sometimes we say, is it permissible for us to talk about Allah's blessings upon us? So, Alhamdulillah, I'm blessed with three kids or hafiz. Alhamdulillah, I'm blessed with a, an amazing spouse. Or I'm blessed with uh, you know, a lot of wealth. Are we, can we say these things? We're saying Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, I've been blessed to you know, not miss my tahajjud for so many years. Are we allowed to say stuff like that? So it all goes back to the ikhlas. If a person's ikhlas is at a level if a person's ikhlas is at a level and it, that he, the reason the only reason he's saying this is so that he's trying to inspire someone else no one knows that besides Allah and him with what intention he's giving saying this then it's okay but even for an instance if some other uh, some other niya comes in then we're destroyed like for example Nabi said ana adam al I am in charge of all the children of Adam on the Day of Judgment. This is the reality. I'm not saying this out of haughtiness. I'm not trying to show off. Nabi anyone has a right to show off is Rasulullah. But he's saying, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you the fact. This is who I am. Allah will give me this status on the Day of Judgment. So, innamal a'malu bin niyat. Right? What, what, what is the purpose? You have to ask yourself, what is the purpose? That you're saying that. If, like, why am I saying that? Because Sulaiman is speaking about it. Alhamdulillah, I've been gifted this, I've been gifted that. Well, the purpose of him doing that is that he wants to thank Allah, he wants to appreciate and tell people how he feels indebted to Allah. Like, I tell someone, 
you know, I cannot, I can't thank my parents enough. They've given me X, Y, Z. I cannot thank my spouse enough. They give me X, Y, Z. What's the purpose of that? I go on a speech. I say this on the mic. Usually, people do this at the time of wedding, at the time of anniversary, or some other party. They'll say, you know, shout out to Fulan, shout out to Fulan. They did this to me. What's the purpose of that? You want that person to know really how much you appreciate them. So when we are speaking about what Allah has given us, if the purpose of that is genuinely in your heart, that you want Allah to know how much you appreciate it, that you want all these people to be a witness that you are thankful to Allah, then that's fine. You want to clarify something, explain it. But any other intention besides that uh, will definitely, of course, not be permissible. Um, next ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَحُشِرَ لِسُيْمَانِ جُنُودُهُ مِنَ الْجِنِّ وَالْإِنسِ Indeed, uh, for Sulaiman the army, hosts, huge army of jinn, human beings, and birds were gathered. They were duly marshaled to march in force. So he had an army comprising of three creations that are mentioned here. First one is jinn. Why is jinn mentioned first? Because Allah mentions something in first for a specific reason. This army was there for his khidmah, khidmah, moving things. Now jinn are a very powerful creation of Allah made out of fire. They move at very fast pace. They can go through walls, they can go through doors. They don't need any openings. They can move huge things in, you know, in, in, in seconds, etc. So, so in order to serve Sulaiman and his ambitious projects, the jinns were the most helpful. What they used to do? There was a group of jinns that were sea divers. They'd go into the sea and they'd go and bring out uh, pearls. That's mentioned in the Quran, Yahusuna. They go down. You know, from that time, we're talking about thousands of years ago, beginning pearls, best choice pearls being picked up from the bottom of the seabed. Humans couldn't have done that. The jinns were doing that. That's why Allah mentions them first. Okay? Then, uh, then humans, and then what play, and then birds. The birds had their own special purpose as well. The birds were his drones, right? His spies that would go and bring all the information. Okay? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says they were assembled in army. They're all going in tartib. So we learn from here that we're supposed to have tartib in our life. When we're walking, when we're moving, we're supposed to walk in tartib, not all over the place. You know, we say when you go in Jawla, also tutus, don't walk all over the place. Well, that's the reality. Whenever we go anywhere, you're going with the family, when we're going with the masjid people doing something together, we need to follow, go things in an orderly fashion. They had a huge army marching. Hatta ato ala naml until they came across a valley of ants. Qalat Namla, an ant said, one ant spoke up and said, Ya Namlu Masakinakum. O valley of ants, Ya Naml, O valley of ants, Udhulu Masakinakum. Enter quickly into your dwellings. Let not Suleiman and his army or in his host crush you while they are unaware. The, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that this happened and Suleiman heard this. Now let me tell you what a mu'ajiza is. There are three things. You say, Bhai, what is this happening? Suleiman salam hearing an ant. There's many interesting things happening here. First of all, an ant recognizing that a huge army is coming. Not, this is not normal. An ant sees maybe something coming at it, small thing, fine. But a senses that a man named Suleiman, who's a prophet, and with him an entire army is marching, not possible. Which ant knows something like this? This is not normal. And then for the uh, uh, ant to then, not only communicate this to the fellow ants, but to also say, وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ They are doing it unknowingly. They're not knowingly coming to crush us. Unknowingly they're doing this. Look, he's, he's making mashallah husn zan and also explaining the good thoughts he's having about Sulaiman and sharing with the rest. Again, how do you, how do you know about the niyyah of, of Sulaiman Salam? This ant knew it. Okay, now you are coming down a, a valley. When you're coming down a valley, you're coming fast. And you're not alone. If you're coming down an alley fa valley fast, that's hump, hump, thump, you know, you're, you're making sound and you're coming down running. You don't hear people also talking you're not going to even see an ant. Much less listen and hear an ant. Now behind you is an army of humans and jinns and birds. Imagine the commotion. How does Sulaiman hear this? 
You see what I'm saying? So someone may say, man, that's impossible. So I want to just say that. There's three things we learn. We hear there's three types of existence in this world. Three types of existence. One of them is called mumkinul wujud. One is called wajibul wujud. And one is called mustahilul wujud. Mumkinul wujud means whose existence is possible. Meaning all, everything that's happening in the world is part of mumkinul wujud. The sun could have been rising from the west and setting in the east. The world could have run, uh, the humans could have been built such a way that they don't need oxygen, they need carbon, not dioxide, monoxide. Could have happened, why not? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have put our noses in the back of our heads and our uh, you know, hands in the front of our heads. Anything could have happened. So everything the way it is today, it didn't have to be like that. Allah chose it for it to be like that. Our existence here is part of mumkin al-wujud. The world would have been fine without you and I being around. Could have happened like that. That's called mumkin. All happenings are part of that. Number two, existence is wajib al-wujud. Whose existence is 100% necessary. Not possible for it not to happen. And that's only one being. And that is called the be- Allah Azza wa Jal. His presence 100% has to be there. Without Him, you cannot fathom the existence of mumkin al-wujud. You get what I'm saying? Simply, human beings' existence, their existence and non-existence, both were possible. Right? That's obviously, you don't have to, you, you acknowledge that you don't have to be here. But you are here, in this world. How did that get decided that you're here? That you're in existence? Where, who, who switched, who, who pushed the switch to say present instead of absent? Who said, who pressed the switch, come into existence instead of saying, uh-uh, I don't want you. Where does existence come that a child is born as a stillbirth, a stillbirth dead, or, or miscarriage, or is born as a healthy child? Where does that decision come from? That comes from wajibul wujud. That cannot come from within us. Because the one, if you're going to say it came from within us, then the one who came from within us is also mumkin al wujud. Okay, then who decided for his existence? Another mumkin al wujud? Then this is a, 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 a non stop, what you call door or tasalsul, you know, in, a, reg, a, in, infinitely regressive. Keeps on going backwards, not going to go anywhere. It has to stop. This chain has to stop somewhere at a being who has to be there. There was no option of on, off, possible or not possible. Are you following me? Making sense? So this being is called wajib al-wujud. That's, a, that's the proof why there has to be, at le- or not at least, there has to be only one being who is out of this realm of mumkin al-wujud and who we will apply the word wajib al-wujud, meaning whose existence is necessary. It is not possible for him not to have been there. Take it, we got this. And the last thing is mustahil al-wujud. Impossible. And what is the, there's only one thing that falls into that. And what is that? What is something which we can say conclusively that its existence is impossible? What is that? Youngsters in the back. You guys want to take a hit? Uh, stab at it? Guess? Yes, Ibrahim. Ibrahim? This you must have. Yeah, Mansur? Huh? Multiple beings. Zakallah khair. Aqeedah 101. Right? Multiple beings. Sharik. The partner of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is the only thing that is something which is not possible. Alright? So now when we speak about things which are not normal. Like what? A, 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 a ant recognizing all of this. And Suleiman hearing all of this. Is, are you going to say this is mustahil wujud, impossible? Because there's only one thing that's impossible. What is that? Partner of Allah. Remember that. Partner of Allah. Lihaza. Remember, I want to say something here. Don't ever say this is not possible. I said, my teachers have shared this with me. Don't say these things. Don't say this is not possible. Harji is possible. Everything is possible. That is not difficult for Allah. Allah says. That's not difficult. Every single thing is possible. Everything is possible. Everything is possible. If there's anything that's not possible, Shariq. But besides that, Allah kiha koi kaminee. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give you, He can give you anything and everything that is meant for you. Right? So, to say that this is impossible is incorrect. That's not impossible. It's just that it usually these things don't, do not happen. And that's what you call a miracle. A miracle is called kharqul aada, kharqul lil aada. Something which kharqul aada is the Arabic word which means kharq means tear. Aada means habit. Something which tears the habit of things. Yani it goes against the normal routine. 
And that's what a miracle is. So this was a miracle that he, he uh, was able to understand all of those things. Okay. And now the Suleiman heard it and, and look at this, look at this um, uh, uh, ant. It had so much concern. It said, please all of you go back. Inshallah, I want to, I'll end it over here. Uh, I didn't finish, of course, the rest of the story, uh, the uh, uh, section. Okay, let me just retranslate this ayah actually. Because I then will spend another 45 minutes just on this next, <laughs> next time. So let me just translate it. So he smiled, laughing at her statement. Because you, why is he smiling? Because she doesn't know that he understands. And he doesn't, the ant doesn't know what's happening. And mashallah, she or the ant is not saying that um, this tyrant, this oppressive ruler is going to come with his mighty army, is going to kill us. Look at that, mashallah. This little ant also has adab, respect and love for me. And it's also giving an excuse on my behalf that bichara, they don't know, they're going to probably end up trampling us, so let's go from here. So Sulaiman Sahib was very impressed with her etiquette and uh, with the appreciation it had for, for him. وَقَالَ And then he said, in gratitude. Shukar Kartir. Rabbi, oh my Lord, awzi'ani, inspire me. Mujhe tawfiq de Inspire me. Right? Dispose me always. And ashkura to give thanks for your grace. Same theme. He's asking Allah to give him the tawfiq to make shukr. To give thanks for your grace with which you have graced me with. And my parents. You have graced upon me and my parents. And that I do righteous deeds with which you are pleased with. I want to thank you for the ability, for the gifts you have given me. And I want to thank you for the gifts you have given to my parents. And I want to thank you for the ability to do good deeds. And oh Allah, admit me by your mercy into the company of your righteous servants. Yeah, this would be an appropriate place to stop because the next part is the Hudud story. So what, what do we see in here? Sulaiman is asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the tawfiq of shukr. Now what is the dua we're supposed to recite after namaz? Anyone remember? Dua to assist us on shukr and dhikr. What is that? Allahumma aini ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibadatik. The Prophet told the sahabi, he said whatever happens after every namaz, make sure you, you after every salah, do not miss this dua. Whatever salah you're reading, make sure you do not miss this dua. What does it mean? Allahumma, oh Allah, a'inni, help me. Ala dhikrika, to remember you. Abina, you just finished salah. Ya Allah, please, the namaz that I just finished, you give me the tawfiq. If you don't give me the tawfiq, I won't be able to pray isha right now. I prayed maghrib to be tawfiq. Allahu Akbar. I need you to keep on inspiring me to, do, to remember you. On your way out, say bismillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah. Allahumma niyasarakum fadlik. Right? When you sit in the car, read subhanallah di sakhalana hadha. When you enter your home, Bismillah, walajna, Bismillah, Bismillah, tawakkaltu ala Allah. Bismillah, walajna, Bismillah, kharajna. Say the duas. Where does this tawfiq come? This comes from Allah. So we're just finishing our salah. We say, Allah, please help me to remember you. Number two, wa shukrika. And Allah, help me to be grateful to you. Wa husni ibadatik. And help me to worship you properly, beautifully. Husn, achi tariqis aapki ibadat karnik mujhe tawfiq ata farma. So we're supposed to ask Allah for inspiration. So that's exactly what we learned from Sulaiman Sallallahu dua. That he's asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give him the tawfiq to be grateful. And then he's saying, Ya Allah, give me the tawfiq to do such good deeds which will be pleasing to you. And then Ya Allah, enter me. Look at the humbleness here. He didn't say enter me through my good deeds. He said enter me through your mercy in the company of your pious people. I'm just one of them. I want to sit with the jama'ah. I want to be with the good people. This is why I'm saying attendance in the masjid is so important. Attending in halaqas like this is so important. If ibadat was all about ourselves, why is why do we see so much emphasis on collective ibadah in the Quran? The Quran didn't, doesn't say urku'. The Quran says warka'u ma'arraki'in. Make ruku' with those people who do ruku'. Our our sal, our deen is all about iqamatu salah, praying salah with jama'ah, doing hajj together, right? What's the ayat of Surah Al-Fajr? Oh Allah, please allow me to enter in your servants, in your pious servants, and then enter into Jannah. By there, we have to be with each other, pious and good, together in this dunya. Then we can be with each other in the akhirah. But if we're all going to be in our own homes, doing our own things, how is that going to happen? 
that's not, that's not gonna work. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant myself and all of us here the ability to be grateful to Him, to be thankful to Him, to grant us the ability to worship Him in a manner that is pleasing to Him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be grateful to each other. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant all of us the ability to remain students of knowledge. And may He allow our children and our generations to become students of knowledge. And may He, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, grant us istiqama and attendance of, of, of this halaqa, inshaAllah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Allahumma anta salam wa salam wa tawarati ila jalali wa ikram. Allahumma laka alhamdu kullu wa laka shukru kullu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayka anta kama athneet ala nafsik. Allahumma ya hayu wa qayyum. Inna nasawika ilman nafi'a wa risqan wasi'a wa shifa'a min kulli da. Allahumma alimna ma yinfa'una wa anfa'na bima alimtana wa zidna ilman wa amala. Allahumma arhamna bitarik al-mahasi. Allahumma arhamna وعذنا من شرور أنفسنا اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى من القول والعمل والنية والهدى إنك على كل شيء قدير رب اغفر وارحم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم رب ارحمهما كما ربياني صغيرة رب ارحمهما كما ربياني صغيرة رب ارحمهما كما ربياني صغيرة والله accept this gathering accept those who يا الله all those who listen online and those who are present in 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 person يا الله grant all of us the ability to practice whatever was shared والله anything beneficial was shared was indeed from your from your توفيق والله allow us all to practice on it Ya Allah, grant all of us love of the Qur'an, deep understanding of the Qur'an, deep appreciation of the Qur'an. O Allah, allow us all to remain students of knowledge, students of Qur'an for the rest of our lives. O Allah, bring mahabba and love between us and our spouses, our parents and children. O Allah, O Allah, remove all discord from within the community. O Allah, we ask you to grant shifa to all of those who are, who are sick. Grant shifa to all those who are sick. O Allah, grant maghfirah to all those who passed away. O Allah, unite the Muslims. Unite the Muslims, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, unite the Muslims wherever they are. O Allah, unite, our, uh, unite us on the kalima, kalimatul haqq, on the true, uh, true words, Ya Allah. O Allah, allow us to see right as right and inspire us to practice on it. Allow us to see wrong as wrong and Allah inspire us to stay away from it. Ya Allah, oh Allah, please bring an end to the, to the virus. O Allah, allow a cure to be created for it. O Allah, allow, it, allow our masajid, our madrasas, our dini institutions throughout the world and the haramain al-sharifain to quickly open, Ya Allah. O Allah, allow the people to, to be able to, Ya Allah, come once again to your houses. Allow your, the, the programs, the dini programs throughout the world to, to come back again, Ya Allah. O Allah, O Allah, whatever sins we have committed individually and collectively because of which we are suffering today. Ya Allah, we repent and we seek repentance in you from that. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon. Wa salamun al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ameen.